connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2017 and beyond. I am Ryan, and with me is Brad. And we have, well, I guess you guys are pretty much real nerds now, yeah. but I'm going to say you're reserve nerds. Cool. We're backups. Henry. Hi, it's me. And Zach. Hey, everybody. Um, James isn't here. He's on assignments. Every week, the real nerds go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw The Swiss Army Man. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned to the end of the podcast when we review the movie. We also spoil it. Um, we also talk about movie news, which isn't very much this week. Stuff we've been watching, DVDs, Blu-rays that are coming out. We love movies. That's what we do. Um, what are you doing, bud? He's playing a game and he's going to need your password. Yeah, he's trying to buy stuff. Luckily, I used to have on my iTunes that you'd just buy it if it was free. Yeah. But then he started buying shit on yeah. my <laughs> iTunes account. I mean, it was free, so I don't care that much. Yeah. But you now, look at the receipt, Ryan. Why'd you buy Showgirls? Because <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Berkley's naked in it, and she like fucks on a waterfall, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's all I remember from that movie. Yeah, ten thousand dollars. You're not going to college. <laughs> and when Gina Gershon like makes them use like ice to make their nipples hard, and everyone's like, hey, "What? Why do we have to do this?" He's trying to hack into the mainframe. Right? Yeah, I, it's so cool to be a. A burlesque dancer in Vegas. That's all I've wanted in my life. Oh, Remember Paul Verhoeven? Just saying. Yeah. But every week, we like to tell people what to see at the coolest movie theater in Denver. And that theater is the Alamo Draft House, which I finally made it back to this week. I was really excited. But here's what's playing this week at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, the Neverending Story is playing this week at the Alamo Kids Camp. Um, those are the one of the few times you can bring your children to the Alamo Draft House to enjoy a movie. VHS <laughs> Vortex this week. Is. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you guys doing a podcast? Wind. <laughs> Demon Wind. What's, what's Demon Wind? I don't even know. There's no sounds like, cool. There's, there's no click on it, but I'm guessing it's a demon that's possessed wind. And uh, <laughs> it attacks you through gusts. So if it's a tornado, <laughs> it's more deadly. So it's like Twister with a ghost? Yes. <laughs> I mean, if they've made Deathbed, the death that eats people. I mean, yeah. <laughs> me and Brad, you can listen to that commentary. There's one that exists. Me That's and right. Brad have seen that movie. On Nebcast. Oh. Yes. Uh, all from a joke from Patton Oswalt. <laughs> uh, so that would be Sunday. I guess that'll be next week. But next yeah. week, The Wedding Singer is playing. Cool. Um, for the Brunch-tacular. The Wedding Singer is a great movie. Um, Moon is on the 20th. I know. Think about seeing it. And then you realize, like, man, it's really not worth it. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> no. It's the Lego good. Movie I like that movie a lot. The Aspen Grove Family Film Night this week. Is that the one that they do out in the, under the stars? Mm-hmm. Nice. Neat. And that's what's playing at the Yellow Draft House this week, besides their normal allotment of film. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 
We also watch movies throughout the week. This is the stuff we've been watching. <laughs> Zach, what'd you watch this week? Now it's Mickey's Clubhouse. Oh, yeah. So far, Ludwig is telling Minnie to do something. I are are you really watching or just watching what my kid's watching? <laughs> While your kid's watching. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's got the season pass for it. <laughs> i got the season pass on iTunes. Um, no, um, what did I watch this week? Um, I saw The Legend of Tarzan. Um, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, can't, uh, can't really say that there was much that I really disapproved of. Uh, it certainly is wacky. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson kind of doesn't belong in that movie, but somehow it works. <laughs> uh, Christoph Waltz is really good playing a substandard villain. Um, and Alexander Skarsgård is dreamy. Like, what else do you want me to say? <laughs> um, uh, what else did I watch this week? Um, I watched... Um, so there's an app that came out this week called Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. and it compelled me to want to watch the first Pokemon movie to understand what we were watching as kids. And it's uh, shit. <sighs> I can't believe that I sat down and watched that stuff growing up. Is that the one where Pikachu slaps a clone of himself over yep. and over again? Or? Yeah, yep, that's the first one. Going like smack, 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 smack. Yeah. The first three films are really good, actually. And for some reason, there's an existential argument with Mewtwo going like, "Where am I? How did I get here? What is my purpose?" Wait, Mewtwo was the first one, so it was 2000. No, it was 2000 is the one where you go to the islands and find all the birds, and that's when the one with Lugia in it as well. Is that the one with the weird owl song at the end? Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we all yeah, got together to go see that because we wanted to hear the Weird Al Pokemon yep. track, and it was in the credits, and we are like, fuck! Yeah. We <laughs> just sat through an entire movie. Um, and then um, I watched The Big Short again. Um, really, still, still solid. Still solid. Totally holds up. Um, and then um, the last thing that I saw was I dug into... Um, a vault and decided to watch uh, Man About Town, which is a Jack Benny film from the 30s. It's not that good. Not that good at all. Um, basically, it's it's Jack pers- playing on his character that he had on his radio show. and uh, It's just a terrible script, terrible direction. Like, if you, if you found it in a vault, leave it in the vault. <laughs> Isn't it depressing when someone you respect is in, a, like, bad movies? Yeah, it, well, I mean, like... There are bad movies. Like, so the worst movie he was ever in was a movie called The Horn Blows at Midnight. Mm-hmm. It's about an angel who's sent down to Earth to blow a horn and destroy the world. And it is... It's trash. Mm-hmm. But it's good trash. Man About Town was just trash trash. <laughs> yeah, you know, there was a period with Robert Downey Jr. Is like, uh, just before he sobered up and just before he went to prison. Yeah. yeah. Um, where he was in a bunch of just... Shit. <laughs> Does that include yeah. like his like that weird indie film where he plays the hairy dude? Yeah, see that that one's not bad. That yeah. portrait of Diane yeah. Arbus or I see it, I haven't seen it, but I've seen it, like pop up yeah, every once in a while. It's not that one's not bad. Um, it's more of his uh, when he did he did these like little short films oh, okay. as compilations of things, and so you have to sit through yeah. like the dredge to get to his. Yeah, and even his weren't that great. But yeah. uh, you know, it does kind of suck when somebody you respect is. Part of something that's subpar, but mm-hmm. it's De what Niro. it is. <laughs> De Niro. Um, oh, last there was one more thing that we saw. Um, I saw Space Jam again for the first time in a long time. What did you uh, think of it? The, <laughs> of the greatest film ever made. Of, the greatest, <laughs> of objectively the greatest film ever made. Yeah, I laughed my butt off. <laughs> it's a good movie. 
It's it's. I can't say it's a good movie. I can say that I laughed my butt off. Well, then you're just lying to yourself. Then. I love <laughs> I love the Looney Tunes. I don't See, know if I love the, the Looney Tunes in this. The Space Jam Looney Tunes aren't the real Looney Tunes to me. They're really toned down to me. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I, mean, I, I I love like the 30s 40s Looney Tunes where they're rude. They didn't care. They're absolutely disrespectful creatures. Yeah. Um, like, eh. In the 50s, they became a little bit more wholesome and, and I overture. Wh- I mean, someone lies. like Bugs Bunny, I understand he's like Mickey. It's the Mickey Mouse syndrome where Bugs Bunny started becoming the face of Warner Brothers cartoons. Yeah. So he could no longer be, you know, the guy Zach. who smacks Elmer Fudd around and, uh, you know, yeah. shoots people. He got, he's got to be more of the, the straight man to everybody yeah. else's zaniness. Yeah. Um, yeah, more. Yeah, there, there we go. go. Yeah, I um, did it. So, so that's what I feel about the '90s Looney Tunes. Yeah, is they? Uh, yeah, I just I, I, that's why I couldn't get into Space Jam because yeah. I love the old Looney Tunes yeah. so much. Uh, but you know, hey, I mean, to each their own. I mean, I mean, there, also there if, are very funny moments in it. Most of them are with Daffy Duck, who's my favorite Looney Tune. Oh yeah, well Daffy Duck's a the, brilliant. The, the Dennis Rodman joke totally lands uh, still to this day, um, where he's uh, ask. Basically, he goes. Uh, uh, there's a strategic question I need to ask you, uh, and then he just does a quick fashion show, and then he suddenly pops up in Dennis Rodman gear, <laughs> and he's like, what do you think? I'm partial to purple and gold myself. It goes better with my coloring or what? <laughs> um, and then also uh, he has the great line, um, which I-, I love when they reference Warner Brothers in the Looney Tunes characters, um, and it's, uh, what is it? Porky Pig says, correction, we're Looney Tunes. And uh, Daffy Duck goes, and that is such an exclusive property and trademark of Warner Brothers, Inc. <laughs> and then he just kisses his own ass. <laughs> yeah, no, Daffy, Porky Pig is my, my favorite of the Looney Tunes, just because he's so goofy. He's really not even in Space Jam all that much. Exactly, so. that's why I yeah. hate Space Jam. Oh. But, uh, uh, but Daffy Duck is probably the funniest, because he just, he, he's the... He can't win. Yeah, t- and to me, he's the... Uh, He's the one where everybody wishes they would say to him, you know, yeah. like, uh, he shoots people, he's rude, he doesn't care, he doesn't like anybody. Yeah, I love the Daffy Duck cartoons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I also like going back to the whole, like, breaking the fourth wall part with Space Jam. Just the whole part at the end with uh, uh, Bill Murray, when, when a, uh, Porky Pig asks him, why are you even here? And he goes, well, I'm friends with the producer, so I'm just going to hang out. Oh, so. So, so the producer's a friend of mine, just had a Teamster drop me off. <laughs> so, uh. And, um... And then, of course, there's the uh, great soundtrack that has R. Kelly, DJ Quad City. <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna pee on you, pee on you. No, it's, piss on, it's piss on you. <laughs> piss on you, I pee on you. Uh, that one. You know what? It's funny that uh, Henry, tell them your argument for why Space Jam is better than Citizen Kane. Well, uh... How many Grammys has Citizen Kane won? That'd be zero. <laughs> Space Jam has won one Grammy. So, in terms well, of Grammys, objectively, it's better. Here's the thing. Citizen Kane, I think, is one of the most overrated movies ever. Oh, I do, yeah. too. Uh, I just use that as an example because it's considered the greatest of all time. Yeah, I know. So. I, don't, I, I don't know why. You know, I... I get that was revolutionary for the time, but, like, like broken ground, like, eventually just becomes unusable ground. So... That, and it, to me, it's boring as fuck. Yeah. You have to be um, a different type of person to find it interesting, I think. Even then, I mean, so like even Phantom of the Opera, I mean, is silent, but I also think it's a scary movie. I mean, there's parts in it where you're just, they can move you. And when I watch Citizen Kane, nope. Yeah. Nope. 
I think like, the, I think the story is boring in Citizen Kane, but at the same time, I I'm the type of person who would find that interesting. Well, yeah, that's like your era. So. Yeah, it's my era. But so. you know, also too, you, I'm always tempted every time I see like the 70th or 75th anniversary Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I should get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You feel like you should have that film. It's almost as if like back then they decide. We're going to make this film the greatest of all time. We don't want to yeah. decide which one. Yeah. This will be the one. So It's like, uh, you know, Zach got me Lawrence of Arabia, which uh, I watched a few months ago. And it's still like a great film. Yeah. But at the same time, it is kind of boring at some yeah. points. Yeah, but yeah. I still think it's I, I think it's shot better than Citizen Kane. I think yeah. it it looks better. But, I mean, who am I to say? I mean, Lawrence of Arabia is my favorite film Who the fuck am I? Ryan Frost. That's right. Yeah. Art is subjective. What do you want yeah. to do? Yeah. I mean, like, my favorite film of all time is Lawrence of Arabia. So, like, but mm-hmm. I also understand that, like, it's a four-hour-long film that takes place in the desert. Yeah. So it's not going to be good for everyone. Yeah, so. and, you know, that's what's great about movies, and, you know, since we're on this topic, yeah. is it's all subjective. I mean, Brad's favorite movie is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mine's Army of Darkness. I think it's also when you're in a specific time in your life. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, yes, I know Army of Darkness isn't the greatest movie of all time. I'm yeah. very well aware of that. But to me, it's... The one I watch the most is the one I have the most fun watching. Yeah. Um, and I would watch that above any other movie. Yeah. Uh, just because. And yeah. I, I would never say, you know, if, unless someone said, like, their favorite film was Friday 13th Part 5. I'm like, you're fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's, you know. Yeah. That's I mean, everyone, about film. Like, everyone has, like, that, I think that one film that, like, just hits you personally. Mm-hmm. It's why I think uh, Dude Wears My Car is a five out of five film. Yeah. So. I mean, we, me and... James go back and forth like Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters yeah. I think it's a super fun film yeah. and again I would watch that before I watched I don't know some shit <laughs> boring drama yeah even though I think I watched nothing but dramas this week yeah what the hell's wrong with me my favorite film is Jackie Brown so you know I know I got that recently I need to watch it I went on this. It looks great on Blu-ray I went to Tradesmart and they had like Pulp Fiction Jackie Brown I can't remember their Tarantino film, but they're all like three ninety nine on Blu-ray. So I spent like six bucks and I got three Tarantino films. Who cares? Nice. And I haven't seen Jackie Brown since theaters, so I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway that's what I watched this week. Henry, what'd you watch this week? Uh, so I'm assuming we're just going to talk about Tarzan now. Because he's the one that's not seen it. Yeah, I was going to say, I... I, oh, you're going to spoil Tarzan for me? Yeah. Is <laughs> Margot like... Robbie hot? That's all that matters to me. Yeah. 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 I heard she's pretty bad in it, though. I... No, she's not. She's actually decent. I think her lines are bad. I th- yeah, I think she's just a poorly. She... Her, her and Sam Jackson's like dialogue is just like okay, well yeah, it's not the best written film. They do the what they best what they have though. So. Yeah. And I heard the apes look bad in it. Oh, they do, they yeah. do. <laughs> the whole movie, CG. like I th- I was fine with it, but it, yeah, I'm fine. With it. Just, it, I will say it's not the best. So yeah, should we talk about it at the same time? Yeah, might as well. Two of my too. things are things you guys watch. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's the movie's just fine. Yeah, uh, you're clearly watching CGI animals, and then uh, every time like they flash back to Tarzan's origin story, like uh-huh. I was checking my phone. Yeah, because like, I saw the driving by the way, because this yeah. was near the Alamo. I saw that. like uh, one review say that that part is the best part, and so I was excited for it. But then I thought, what? The, this is fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Let's yeah. get back to them like having fun and run through the jungle. It, it, like it's a valiant effort. Yeah, like, uh, the story is. Uh, some landowner in Britain wants Tarzan because now he's Lord. Yeah, Greystroke. Greystroke, and uh, they want him to be Get like up on your Tarzan Lord, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, they want him to lead an expedition to the Congo. 
to the Congo to find something. I think it was like to show it was like to show off like all the churches they've built so they could be like, look at the mascot of the Congo, yeah. loving the fact that we did all the stuff in the Congo. The so. British guy's bankrupt or something. Like yeah. he got into some financial it was trouble. Like from what I understood, it, like they only wanted to bring Tars in there for like a publicity stunt. Yeah. So. Um, it's like having a, a athlete rep Gatorade, you know. Yeah. So but is Lord it Rom is a better Rom than the Disney Sam. Tarzan? I haven't seen the Disney Tarzan forever, so I can't really say. But I, I'd probably just watch the Disney one because it's more fun to yeah. watch. Okay, because I've seen the Disney one forever. I actually remember watching it and having fun with it, but I couldn't tell the you. Disney one's like the clip notes of Tarzan. Mm-hmm. So uh, in this one, it's cool that they use flashbacks to address like if you like I'm not the biggest Tarzan. Yeah. Neither am I. Exactly. Well, yeah, because you're not 85. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, like, it gets you caught up at the same time. Like, yeah. the film mostly has, like, this, this very similar color palette. Yeah. Uh, um, it reminds me a lot of, like, King Kong. Yeah, and then so. uh, Christoph Waltz, like, he has kind of the same thing where he has to get these diamonds from this tribe. Yeah. Um, the tribe wants Tarzan, so they yeah. pay him in diamonds to go try and trap yeah. Tarzan. And his plan is fairly effective, but... And, like, that's, like, where I was kind of confused. Like, if, like... So, the king... Like, it's revealed that the, uh, the king knew that all the slavery stuff was happening. So, did he just think Tarzan would be cool with that? Because, like, why would you invite Tarzan to be the publicity stunt thing while they're also doing all of... The, was he involved? Did he know about that they wanted to get Tarzan killed as well? Yeah, or? I think, like, they... It's such think... a convoluted plot because... Yeah. They want the diamonds, too. Yeah. In addition, like, so the, it's part publicity stunt plus part hire Christoph Waltz to trap him. Yeah. It seems like they, like, they couldn't figure out a way to get him into the Congo again. Yeah. And then they just were like, fuck it, publicity stunt, so. Yeah, I don't... It I seemed mean, like the king, that the lord, the lord that owns the land didn't know what was going on. He just let Rom do whatever he was going to do. Oh, okay. To get the money to fund the country. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, it's just hard to follow. Yeah, I mean, like it's that... it's it's fun at parts, but uh, it's not like I would never call it a great film. It's just fun. Yeah, kind of. and a lot of the plot revolves around the villains. Like Tarzan's yeah. only thing is like, hey, they've got Jane. I gotta go save yeah. her. Yeah, um, so. and then Samuel Jackson. Honestly, along Jane for the has ride. more character development than he does. So <laughs> yeah, her thing is like, at first he doesn't want her to go, but then she like demands that she go and. Yeah. Uh, what, there's all these flashbacks to, to, to before they met where... Yeah, we're like, so she lived there too, I guess? Yeah. And I didn't know that was part of the lore of Tarzan, so... She lived in a missionary. Yeah. Okay. But she wasn't accepted, and then she, like, had to gain accept, acceptance from the apes and everything. Which I didn't Tarzan. understand that part. Like, and Tarzan got his ass kicked by some silverback. It seems like every time, like, they amped up, like, in the trailer... Did he fall into his exhibit? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, the, the, the ape fight, it's like everyone else can, like die from one punch from a gorilla yeah. but tarzan can take 50 yeah but like the thing about that it also is that like in the trailer they like pump it up it, like tarzan's gonna fight apes and that kind of thing but every time he does it he gets his ass handed to him yeah like, he gets just he tossed around wins. like a rag doll like, and then walks it off yeah he's like oh god again like yeah all the 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 soldiers and the other like yeah they, they die instantly yeah so um, i mean it was all right i mean he walked out and james also walked out on what i thought was the worst scene which was the ostrich scene. Wait, you guys walked out of the movie? No, they both went to the bathroom at the same time. Oh. Do you remember the ostrich scene? Ostrich scene. The one where like, Samuel Jackson and Tarzan are walking through, and then an ostrich comes up, and he does the whole, like, looking at the camera thing, like, to emphasize the 3D. Oh. And then Samuel Jackson implies that he kind of wants to have sex with an ostrich. Uh, I must have been on my phone, but yeah. <laughs> actually that reminds me of uh, the part where uh, that ostrich Tarzan... That ostrich is motherfucking sexy! Tarzan, uh... <laughs> 
gets his ass handed to him by a gorilla, and then the yeah. gorilla turns on Sam Jackson, and then Tarzan's like, what, oh, touches yeah. balls or kisses balls? Yeah, you have to lick his balls. Oh, no, he says, uh, kneel, kneel before the gorilla, and yeah. Sam Jackson doesn't want to do that, and like the gorilla gets more aggressive, and then finally starts kneeling. He's like, what, do you want me to kiss his balls too? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's a little, uh, what is it, anachronistic. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right for it's the It's like time modern period. Sam Jackson in this yeah. like 1800s yeah. movie. Yeah. Which is what more historical epics need when you think about it. We really do. Yeah. So, All those yeah. World War II movies definitely need yeah. Sam Jackson. I'm going to punch Hitler in the motherfucking face. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what else did you watch? Uh, I watched Life, which is uh, basically it's the... It's Eddie like Murphy a, movie? What? Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence movie? No, <laughs> no, no. no. Um, it uh, has Ron Pattinson and Dane DeHaan in bread. it. Okay. Uh, it's basically Dane DeHaan plays uh, James Dean from the, uh, like the actor, not the pornographer. And, it does um, kind of look like James Dean. He, he does a good job in it. And Ron Pattinson plays a reporter for Life magazine. And it's basically the exact same plot as The End of the Tour. They just hang out. One of the tour, one of them's famous. It's like, being famous isn't as cool as I thought it would be. And like that kind of stuff. Uh, End of the Tour is better. Uh, this one's okay. It's, this one's cool if you like that kind of era, but it's, the conflict of it is scheduling conflicts, so it's really not all that exciting. So, uh, yeah, I can't make it today. Oh. Dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, I rewatched Space Jam, which is still the greatest one of all time. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Because you saw that too. Um, it was a product of its time. Yeah, um, <laughs> it. Uh, it's very nineties. So. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was particularly funny. Uh, Michael Jordan is pretty much just reading his lines. Yeah, um, it's just there. Yeah, yeah. you had no fun with it at all. The animation's all right. Yeah, um, uh, the the like I, Danny DeVito's the the one the main bad guy. Like there's voices that they don't like advertise. Yeah, uh, that are some of the side characters, but um, yeah, it's a little hard to follow because so there's like this monster culture. Yeah, there's this monster theme park that's like on another planet. And they need a new attraction, which is... They go to the Looney Tunes to kidnap them and enslave them as... And they see the Looney Tunes on a, like, channel. Yeah. It's like, oh, so, that looks so amazing. We should go grab yeah. that. In this world, the Looney Tunes is a reality show. Gotcha. So. And then Michael Jordan... Michael Jordan's just like... He's playing golf and gets, like... Sucked into the He Looney wouldn't be a part of the movie if he wasn't playing golf with Pretty Bill Murray much. that day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And then... Well, they are going to get Michael Jordan. They weren't just going to get some random golfer. They were going to get Michael Jordan, so... Because they got Michael Jordan after, like, the other guys became, like, huge people. So, like, well, we should probably get, like, a... Well, maybe that is true, because they're... No, because well, no, be... Bugs says, I think we might need a little bit of help. Yeah. So okay. that's the indicator that he knows that he's going to go after. I guess it is just luck that the portal to uh, the Looney world is at that golf course. Right. So. Well, apparently there's lots of portals, because they a, There's, a, there's a portal out. outside of a Piggly Wiggly. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I said, like, the only reason why I like it is because I grew up with it. And so, like, I have, like, that soft spot in my heart for it. So, yeah. I will no. admit that it's not, like, the greatest thing. So, no, I, I didn't believe, actually, when you said, I, I don't I did, know what you I guys like, are talking about, but you're special. <laughs> Give me the map, Scott. <laughs> Give me the map, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you just thought it was okay. Yeah. I wouldn't try to seek it out and watch yeah. it again, but I yeah. saw it and that's Well, uh next year when the sequel comes out, uh, you can have me on, I'll defend it again. So I did think the uh the um the fact that Michael Jordan he's trying to play baseball and then everyone like lets him win. Yeah. Like that's an interesting idea to explore. Yeah. Uh you know It's a good five minutes of the film. Yeah. So uh but I thought it was fun because he obviously did play real baseball and then yeah. um Yeah. 
yeah like what if an app like it obviously would, in real life wouldn't happen like, yeah uh, professional sports are so uh competitive yeah no one, no one ever would let anyone win. yeah no matter how Regardless much legend they, they were are, yeah so. but it, it was fun to be like yeah what if he was such a great athlete that <laughs> yeah they would throw the game for yeah. him and then he'd be like this sucks i want to play the reason i play the game is for the antagonism yeah but anyway yeah it's about as deep as i could get with it yeah <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was deep man i also watched misery which is good mm. uh that's, wow, that's a great movie yeah it's good i watched death in venice uh have any of you guys seen that it's a. Uh, I think it's from the seventies. Um, I don't think any of, you, any of you would like it. I don't know if I liked it. Um, <laughs> it's Sounds about depressing. This, yeah, it's about this old man who goes to Venice to kind of die. Essentially, he's like six. He's like, I'm just gonna spend the rest of my life in Venice. It's like two hours, and it feels like five. Um, it's super slow moving, and then he goes to Venice. Things like, hey, that like nineteen year old dude's kind of attractive. I'm gonna try to bone him before I die, and that's the, pretty much the plot of the film. But like, super slow. And super sad. And his quest to bone him, does that, like, invigorate his life so he doesn't want to die? No. Nope. <laughs> just like... He's like... Just like, I was just kill the time, so... All right. A lot of people really like it. It wasn't really up my alley, though. I want a pre-death come. Yeah. You help me with that young, sexy beast. <laughs> Empty uh, my old balls, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did dust come out? Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, and then finally I watched The Forbidden Room. Uh... Came oh, out. gosh, this sounds so cool the way you were describing it to me. Uh, it came out last year, and uh, have you have you ever seen any of the films by Guy Madden? Uh, no fan my Winnipeg. Nope. All right. Um, basically, he's the director who, uh, like, re... He, like, his biggest inspiration is from, like, the 20s and 30s, like, the silent and early sound era. And he tries to recreate that style in all of his films. And this film, basically the concept of it... I saw it without knowing the concept of it, because they don't really explain it in the film, but... Uh, the concept is that he found reviews for short films and feature films from that era that were bad, like bad reviews for those films, but they're lost films. So he's recreating all of those films based on the bad review and like what he thinks it is based on that review. It's the most bizarre and like crazy film you'll see in a long time. I can't remember like who said if it was a critic or whatever, but someone said, and I completely agree with it, it said it's like, Guy Madden makes David Lynch look like Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and, like, uh, if you watch the trailer for it, like, another thing that's really cool about him is that he doesn't do anything in post. Everything he does is on the camera, on set that wow. day. Which is insane if you watch, like, just his stuff. Because what he does is fucking insane. I mean, like, the film <laughs> is really absurd. Like, the biggest example of it is that at one point in the film, there's a musical number about a guy's obsession with butts. Um, it's a great scene. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like if you're really in, it's a really weird film. It's really crazy and strange. Like it's almost like I can almost describe it more as like an endurance test because there's no stopping. It's just like a train of nonsense on screen for two hours. But if you're into that, or if this sounds interesting, I would check it out. Especially the, like the first thirty minutes, which has the butt song in it. So, but yeah, the Forbidden Room. The forbidden, it's on Netflix. Not to be confused with the room. Not to be confused with the room. No. <laughs> Which should be for which should be forbidden. Yeah, this this is perfect for a midnight movie though. So cool. So yeah, that's what I've watched. Brad, I think we covered both of mine. Uh, let me check my notes. Um, actually, uh, I've rewatched Paul because I'm on this Edgar Wright. I'm trying to oh yeah watch inspiring things to bone up for the 48. And uh, so I, I other than Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, like uh, it, it's 
Edgar Wright didn't do Paul, but yeah. uh, same guys. He so. was. I th- they kind of hit that he was like on track to do it, but then he got pulled away for Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. So they got Greg Matola, who did Super Bad, to direct instead. But basically, same sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, a little less dynamic because obviously Greg Matola is not Edgar Wright, but yeah. um, he does a decent job of. Uh, really, the only setback is like they put a lot of work into Paul yeah. CGI, but it's still kind of that uncanny valley yeah. thing going on. But it's still a funny movie, and there's an unrated cut on the on the Blu-ray that was uh, even better, uh, a lot raunchier. Um, and there's something interesting. I totally spaced what it was. I was going to talk about, but uh, and the special features. Um, yeah. Oh well. But yeah, Paul, it's, it's fun. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a while either. Um, if you I haven't seen really Paul, like it's it, so. uh, an alien played by Seth Rogen uh, is escaping Area 51, and then these two nerds from Comic-Con stumble upon him while they're traveling cross-country. and uh, Doing like an alien kind of tour. So. Yeah, and there's a bunch of nods to tons of sci-fi yeah. stuff throughout. His, like uh, Sigourney Weaver shows up at the end yeah. um, as this uh, FBI person, and uh, like there's a bunch of like one-liners from... Yeah. Spielberg movies and nods to E.T. and Alien and yeah, yeah, it's good. It's fun. Fun flick. Damn, I wish I could remember like the cool bonus feature stuff I saw. Yeah. Uh, I know at one point because uh, they were working on I think Hot Fuzz and then the producer near a park was like, "Okay, what are you guys working on next?" And uh-huh. uh, um, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg we just made up like, uh, "Yeah, we're." Uh, this thing with this alien named uh, P- Paul, and then he like just drew this little sketch of Paul giving the finger. Yeah. Um, and then she took it seriously, and then yeah. they, they're like, I guess we're gonna make this now. Yeah. So. Oh, and then um, they were like, okay, well if it's gonna be set in America, we're from Britain, like we need to do some research. So they got oh. Universal to pay for them to do a cross country. That's awesome. Universal gave them an RV, and they just uh, sat in there and uh, you know went went across the U.S. and huh. tried to write and uh, is they it got the to... same RV that's in the film. I think it's a different one, different one yeah. but it's basically the a lot of the stuff that happened mm-hmm. in the movie actually happened yeah, to them. Like the part with the homophobes in the yeah. diner, like that whole scene, like they got picked on by uh-huh. two uh, racist rednecks. Uh, <laughs> rednecks. Yeah, I need to rewatch that film. Um, so yeah, and then they got to Colorado, and like they had, they were like, oh yeah, America's gonna have great weather uh, uh-huh. compared to London. And, uh, yeah, they hit Colorado, and they woke up the next morning, and there was snow on the ground. Yeah. It, like, went from super hot to cold, as we know. Yeah. Yeah. Really fast. And, uh, uh, like, at one point, they were, like, just so far away from a hotel or anything, they just had to, like, tough it up. And yeah. I guess the RV's here was breaking, so, yeah. All right. So, yeah, uh, RV troubles and whatnot, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they... Blowing up that house is really cool. Yeah. Uh, spe- Although everyone's like recording the explosion, it's like it's in the movie, guys. Like you'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know why they want to have it on their phone, but yeah, it's gonna look better on in the movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. All right. Paul. Um, I watched a few things. I'll because I wasn't here last week. Um, and I and the podcast suffered for it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I watched the Theory of Everything. Which is uh, actually a really good movie. Yeah. Um, Felicity Jones is great in it, and so too is Eddie Redmayne. You realize how hard he worked to become Stephen Hawkins, and yeah. was he was his performance better than Michael Keaton in Birdman? Yep. <laughs> um, I think who else was nominated that year? Well, because I, I think while I think Michael Keaton was very good in Birdman, I think Eddie Redmayne's performance was more uh, impressive. 
Yeah. Because he... He does make, like, a full transformation. He does, because so. you watch the movie at the beginning, he just seems like a clumsy guy who's, you know, yeah. uh, a brilliant yeah. scientist. And he as he slowly deteriorates because of uh, the ALS, it... it it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, it's really amazing. And the, I mean, the movie is pretty straightforward. I mean, it's not like yeah. the best biopic, but I, I still had a lot of fun watching it. It's very standard, like British, like yeah. biopic. But so. but it was good. Yeah, I mean, good. Yeah. I can't say anything bad about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you want to see a great performance, I would definitely recommend it. I, I mean, also think uh, Felicity Jones is also really. good. Oh, she's too. great in the movie. I didn't think her role was going to be as big, but really, mm-hmm. in the second act, she becomes pretty much the main character. So. Well, uh, it's based on the book that she wrote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his ex-wife, and I actually think the most poignant scene was um, Stephen Hawkins actually starts falling in love with his like, nurse yeah. after uh, you know his wife made all these sacrifices, and um, he can't talk anymore. And he uh, just the way he's able to convey that he's sorry for what yeah. he did and that he doesn't love her anymore is it's pretty great. Yeah, um, it's pretty. Great and and she's amazing in that because right. I don't really think they even say anything to each other. Yeah, it's very it's a very minimal kind of. It scene, is, and so. they both know that their relationship is over and it's handled yeah. really well. Um, who directed that movie? I can't remember. I feel like it's someone. It is. Though. It's a. Whatever. He did a great job. Yeah. Uh, I also watched uh, Death Becomes Her, which I haven't seen in years. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's actually pretty funny. It's uh, a fun movie. I, I wouldn't say it's uh, Max's greatest movie. Or even maybe his middle movie, but it's still a fun movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's it's a movie about um, Goldie Hawn is engaged to Bruce Willis, and at the beginning of the movie, uh, they go see her old friend from high school or something, who's Meryl Streep, who happens to be a really famous uh, movie star or and Broadway star. So everybody falls in love with her, and as soon as she comes on stage, Bruce Willis is transformed by her and. Um, they have this little scene backstage where uh, Goldie Hawn says, I don't know why I'm so protective. I know you would never leave me for her. And then it says 11 years later, and it's him married to Meryl Streep. And so he left Goldie Hawn for Meryl Streep. And Goldie Hawn became, like, uh, this fat, really fat lady. Oh, no, that was, like, a year later. She became this really fat lady. And she didn't pay her rent, and all she was doing was watching the scene of Meryl Streep being murdered over and over again. And it has, like, some Max's kind of dark humor throughout the film. Anyways, she... Uh, Meryl Streep was trying to save her look, so she goes and visits Isabella Rossellini. I forget her character's name. Zelda? Does that sound right? Maybe. Zelda, yeah. Okay. And uh, she gives her this potion that will make her young. It's like a Ponce de Leon potion where it's a fountain of youth. And uh, so she drinks it, and Bruce Willis gets uh, – Goldie Hawn comes back in, and she's all sexy and hot. And Bruce Willis realizes that Meryl Streep's treating him bad, so he – he goes to strangle her, and he's like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Then Meryl Streep falls down um, the stairs and breaks her neck, and then he's freaking out because he killed her, and he calls Goldie Hawn, and she pops back up and fixes her neck. So also, not only does it make you forever young, it makes you uh, live forever, and you can't die. Um, and it's just a zany black comedy. And I, the special effects for, was it 92? 95? I want to say 92. Are pretty impressive uh i think they hold up still pretty well um and so then it just becomes this kind of these two women hurting each other as much as they possibly can like shooting a hole through one of them um it's a pretty fun movie if you've never seen it it's pretty zany um it it does benefit from zemeckis being behind the camera because the one thing i think he does very well 
is he keeps the pace moving very well, and I think he knows timing really well in comedy, uh, and any, especially when it's physical or special effects comedy. Uh, he's he's one of the best for sure. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's 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 a fun watch. Uh, James Marsh was the director, by the way. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. He did uh, like Man on a Wire, and yeah, Fire. he's primarily a documentary filmmaker, which is interesting. So yeah. Uh, I also watched a documentary called uh, Dear Mr. Waterson, which is a uh, Calvin yeah, and Hobbes yeah. documentary. How hard did you cry? I, I didn't cry at all. Damn. D- did you cry? Yes, I did. Why? Because he's a pussy. Oh, totally. Yeah. I because I, I, would, I, think that, I think that documentary is cute. Yeah. Um, but it turned out uh, just to be like this, oh, I like Calvin and Hobbes because of this, this, this. I like yeah. Calvin and Hobbes because of this, this, this. I like Calvin and Hobbes because of this, this, is this, Is he this. even in it? Like the No. Movie? Yeah. Well, the thing he's... with him is he's such a recluse that yeah. no one can ever get a hold of him. Yeah. And... He's still alive. Do we know? Yeah. He's still alive. Yeah. He... he favorited your tweet. He did. Yeah. yeah uh, really well, well, the filmmaker. Oh, not... his publicist. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it is an interesting – I think Calvin and Hobbes is the greatest comic strip ever written. Yeah. Um, I think Peanuts is the most important, but I think Calvin and Hobbes is the best. Um, Fair assessment. The, where the Peanuts – but the, the Peanuts, it, it's hard – I think nowadays it's hard to separate the Peanuts from a comic strip to uh, cultural uh, significance because they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Peanuts movie made me cry a bunch. Because I thought it was just so beautiful. Um, this movie, it, it, like I said, it would take people who wrote like, uh, you know, Pearls and Swine or for Swine or whatever the comic strip is, say, oh, this is why I love Calvin and Hobbes. It really didn't have a hook to me. It was just like, oh, this is why we love this strip. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think culturally and I think how, it's, how Calvin and Hobbes is written and drawn is some of the greatest comics ever written. Um, but yeah, I, the, the documentary is cute, but it was, yeah. I don't want to watch it again. It never, it didn't pull me in like I was hoping it was going to. Uh, I've not seen the documentary. Does it get into the whole fact that like he never copyrighted it so people just steal it all the time? Uh, well, they got into that he, and I think he should have. He was, he's really protective of it. Yeah. He did not want it to be a Snoopy yeah. because he, he thought it was stupid. I, and the only interview I thought was really good was um, ah, he's a really great cartoonist. I can't I can't remember his name, but he was talking about that. He said, you know, I, I he said I understand why Bill Watterson doesn't want to you know put these characters out on T-shirts and stuff, but at the same time, I think it's really selfish that he doesn't want to put them out on T-shirts and um, you know little Hobbs stuffed animals because I think everybody'd want a Hobbs stuffed animal. I don't think there's anything. I don't think that dilutes. The product. The, the product at all. And yeah. I think now, what's interesting about it, it's become kind of a mysterious, like, why won't this guy do this? Why yeah. does it matter? Um, and I, I agree with him a lot. I, I mean, I don't think it would matter. And I th- and, and now that's what you get. You get Calvin pissing on Ford logos or yeah. Chevy or whatever it is. And he went after those guys, and they had to stop doing it, but it doesn't yeah. mean they have. I mean, I still see that shit everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the only thing that makes me sad about it. Um, I think what made me cry about that film was just watching some of the strips and seeing some of the stories that I'd like forgotten about from when I was younger. Oh yeah, I mean I could. I there's certain panels that trigger emotions. Oh yeah, it, it's the thing with Calvin and Hobbes is it's so transcended just being a comic strip. Yeah. Because I mean, even the very very last strip is beautifully drawn, and the last words that are ever uttered in Calvin and Hobbes is "Let's go exploring." And to me, that sums up what the whole strip is. Is I mean, everybody is, they're just going out there to explore. And um, 
But yeah, the strip is wonderful, and if you've never read Calvin and Hobbes, come on. Definitely check it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you can get the complete collection, I think, on Amazon. I'm, actually, I'm probably going to get it. Is I think the paperback right now, you can get it for 50 bucks. Wow. Of the complete collection. And, and it comes with like the poems that he wrote with Calvin and Spaceman Spiff. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, I definitely do it. I rewatched The Wolf of Wall Street, and that movie's still lots of fun. Yeah. It's one of those movies that's three hours long, but doesn't feel like three hours to me. Because it's I becoming one of my favorite Scorsese films. Because I just get so entertained by it. Um, I love uh, Leo's really good in it. Yeah. Um, I think he probably should have. If, if he uh, he's great in the Revenant, but I think that was a movie where he really yeah kind of earned that Oscar. Earned yeah. it, yeah. Uh, the Revenant seemed more of like a, if I don't win for this, what can I win exactly? For, so. um, um, Margot Robbie's completely naked in it, so it's yeah. great. Um, I think that's the only time she's ever been naked in a film, isn't it? And I'm cool with it. Yeah, um, I mean, like... I just love it because he says, Yeah, I really got to get out of here. It's time for me to leave. And she just comes out butt naked. He's like, I guess I can stay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a really great movie. Uh, Jonah Hill is great in it. Um, I, you know, I still laugh at the part where <laughs> Jonah Hill is choking on ham because they're all tripping out. Yeah. And he's watching Popeye, and he has to take a bump of Coke as, like, his spinach. Yeah. So what he's doing with cocaine is what Popeye's doing with spinach at the same yeah. time on the TV screen. <laughs> and uh, the music's playing that... I think it's great. Um, so I, I really like that movie. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I watched is I watched uh, Charlie Wilson's War, which I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and that movie's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, as Aaron Sorkin, you can... He's so good at writing that... You know it's him, but it still feels really natural. Yeah. I uh, my favorite scene in that is when Philip Seymour Hoffman meets uh, Tom Hanks for the first time in his office, and he gives him the bottle of uh, scotch, and he's uh, under and Charlie Wilson's under investigation for doing cocaine and mm-hmm. partying with strippers in Las Vegas, and so he's having his super hot like uh, staff come in, uh-huh. and then he keeps on telling Philip Seymour Hoffman to leave, and then he. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman comes back in and he tells him what's going on. He's like, how do you know that? He's like, oh, there's a bug in your bottle of scotch. And he, and, but before he found it out, he's like, how did you hear me? That's a thick door. That's a goddamn thick door right there. Just really funny Aaron Sorkin uh, dialogue. Uh, but really great movie. Um, and it's not too much Julia Roberts, so I think that's why I really liked it. Uh, <laughs> and Emily Blunt's in uh, Panty and Bra. Man, it's good stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of fun seeing Tom Hanks playing like a guy who doesn't have very many morals. Yeah. Because uh, Tom Hanks is such a great actor. Yeah. I could. I think I like all his movies. Oh no, I'd have to see some of his more obscure ones to know if I don't yeah. like them. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what there's a film with him in it that I don't like. I'm sure there is. Well, I'm sure there is, but yeah. he's pretty good in all of them. The Polar Express. No, it's still all right. It's all right. Yeah. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not like. You know, super great, but it's, yeah. again, Zemeckis, I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, that's what I watched this week. Hey, Brad, what's coming out on Blu-ray? All right. Uh, if you missed Allegiant in theaters, now's your chance to watch it at home mm-hmm. in many, many different formats. That piece of crap that James says is better than The Hunger Games? Hmm. What a, what a <laughs> yeah, they're smile. on the same level. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's like a two-disc Blu-ray, DVD, 3D, 4K... Well, yeah, they it's have everywhere. to. Yeah, there's probably like they got to make their money back before that fourth one comes out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's probably different packaging options at different retailers. So do your research. Did uh, you see the uh, steelbook for Civil War at Best Buy? There's a Civil War steelbook. Yeah, it's like 
half the Iron Man mask cracked, and the other half is Captain America's shield cracked. That's cool. I got to pre-order that right oh, now. Oh, my God. Hang on. It's beautiful. <laughs> Stopping the cast. I must pre-order now. The only thing I'll change is if Target gets exclusive bonus content. Really? Yeah, because I want the bonus content. It's but... like an extra featurette not worth having the Steelbook around. See, the Steelbook is pretty awesome. I saw it on <laughs> Blu-ray.com. I'm like, yeah. fuck. Even the Blu-ray is actually pretty cool. Like, half the border is blue and the other half is red. I'm like, all right, I'm down. That's pretty fun. And the only way you're going to get the slipcover, guys, remember, is the 3D version. Marvel doesn't put slipcovers on standards anymore. I know. Um, Shit. What, are you talking? What? <laughs> yeah, it's, he's watching a video of me recording him calling poop shit. Oh. <laughs> Educational. Yep. Uh, Green Room is coming out on uh, Blu-ray. Ooh, I need to see that. Uh, Miracles from Heaven. Oh, Jennifer Garner. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah, it looks like her. Electrozone. Jennifer Garner. So. Uh, Everybody Wants Some, the uh, Dazed and Confused pseudo-sequel. It's really, really good. iZombie second season. Did you watch the first season? Yeah, iZombie's really good. Uh, oh, and I guess it's getting a Blu-ray. Yeah, I know. I'm pissed. I have the, Oh, if you guys want the DVD of iZombie, <laughs> I'm going to get the Blu-ray. It's on Netflix, so I mean. <laughs> it's a good mo- show, movie. It's a good yeah. show. Uh, Belladonna of Sadness. Oh, Brad, um, you highly recommended that. <laughs> yep. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll run over to the Alamo and grab it, for sure. If, if, if Steve leaves me a copy. Because I, I know he's going to buy them all up for himself. Uh, Flight of the but- Butterflies. Oh, in IMAX. 4K? In 4K. IMAX 4K. Oh, really? I was just Flight bullshitting. The <laughs> they always make those in 4K. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. When I was at the uh, Natural History Museum yesterday, I was like, oh, I should go see, like, uh, national parks in 3D IMAX, yeah. but I didn't. <laughs> I was like, ah, I should really just go on my own and see it. So Kellen loves these uh, little Disney shorts called Sumsums. Yeah. And what the fuck are they? They're like these little like jelly bean things. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what they are. Like, I don't know if they're supposed to be, but they're like these little jelly bean like shapes of Disney characters. Yeah. And all they do is squeak. To me, like what I can tell from, I think it's like a really popular thing in like Japan. Okay. And they're just kind of playing off that. Like. Okay. So. I mean the the shorts are actually pretty creative. Like they fight mean yeah. flowers and Kellen loves them yeah. he watches them all the time it looks a phone. very japanese mm. kind of thing um i looked up tom hanks films to see if i don't like any of them yeah uh bonfire of the vanities i think is one of his worst films yeah that one's all right it's, i'm just looking at the ones that like yeah i, know I mean are, kind of yeah if i had to pick yeah that one's not that good joe versus the volcano i know is very disputed as well mm. i like joe versus the i haven't volcano. seen it in long enough so both those came out the same year for him did so they was, really yeah both 1990 Rough um, year for Hanks. <laughs> he back. He did it all right. Are you kidding? The classic Turner and Hooch? <laughs> I haven't seen it in years. My, You've got my mail. dad tried to show my sister it to, under, to have her understand what used to entertain him back in the day. And like 15 minutes in, my my sister was hooked. And I was nice. going like, am I watching this again? <laughs> I forgot. He was in a film this year that got horrible reviews. Oh, yeah. The Hologram, hologram for, for King. King. The Hologram for the King, yeah. And uh, I don't know what everyone's opinion is on those, but all the Da Vinci Code movies. So, all right. oh, I love Dan Brown. My dad hates but Dan I, Brown. But, but you don't know. I like the Robert Langdon series because it's absolutely absurd. <laughs> it is absolutely absurd how entertaining those films are. I can't wait for Inferno. It's Ithaca. You guys heard of this film called Ithaca? It has him in it. Came out last year. Also has Meg Ryan in it. Mm-hmm. Nope. Weird. Is this the Tom Hanks part of the show, or are we still doing <laughs> DVDs here? Yeah. All right, do you have DVDs? Uh, uh, Criterion has Carnival of Souls coming out on Blu-ray. Yeah. 
and there's a whole bunch of anime that I don't recognize, um, yeah. and a slasher movie, and then there's like a buttload of like classic, um, like pop culture movies that have like redesigned box art, huh. sort of stuff like um, Eternal Sunshine, oh, yeah, Xanadu. They got to save sell those discs the birds, that they've already made. Yeah, you know? Psycho, like like a real gamut of weird science, American Graffiti. Yeah. Oh, those are all universal. Is one of the anime films The Boy and the Beast or The Beast and the Boy? No. No? I know, my man. Actually, that's already out. I saw it at Best Buy, so. Oh, it is? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. You check it out if you are into anime, so. Yeah. And um, if you like Tarzan, uh, Legend of Tarzan, you can watch this Grindhouse double feature of Tarzan in the Valley of Lust. Ooh, the Valley of Lust. So, yeah. There's, like, people (laughs) groping each other on the cover. Ooh. So, carve out a night of your week. Yeah. Sit down and watch that. I know what I'm doing come Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Setting up seven months in advance. Seven months from now. That's DVDs and Blu-rays, guys. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's a light week uh, news and light week of movie news, but yeah. hey, we'll touch on it anyways. Uh, Sulu is gay in um, the new Star Trek, and nobody cares except, obviously, George Takei. Who is not for it. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, he said Gene Roddenberry, like, um, didn't want to draw attention to anything like that in the show. Like, he, he was yeah. already having enough trouble with uh, a multicultural cast. Yeah. And keeping and the having, show on the air, period. Yeah, keeping the yeah, show on the air, that's, period. That's and changed now. Come on. Having Kirk kiss Uhura. Like, yeah. yeah. So he didn't need any more headaches. And then, the way I see it, even if you don't like it, the idea of Sulu being gay, it's the alternate timeline. So yeah. he can... Well, like, from what I could tell... It doesn't really like, affect his character. I mean, who cares? No. From what I could tell, like, George Taylor, like, one other reason why I didn't like it is that he just said, like, why don't you just create a gay character for the... Like, that's his own thing. Yeah. To which Simon Pegg responded, well, if we did that, that would just be known as the gay character. Whereas right. we wanted to have something besides being gay as the character trait, so... Which I can see that as well as a lot, so... Putting it to a classic and George character. like, I want to be in the news! So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, let me see. I the, uh, the first Lois Lane passed away. Yep. Noel Neal. Very I don't know. Uh, Jimmy Olsen also died like a couple months ago, too. So, huh. I, I guess that's that's everybody. Yeah. Um, Life of Pets made $100 million. Yeah. Thank God. Good for them. Can't wait to get more of much. those films. Those, uh, that Illumination Animation Studios definitely has tapped into something. Yeah. Because all their minions make tons of money, the yep. Despicable Me's. Yeah. They, they got two doing. films coming out this year, which is rare for an yeah. animated company that's not Disney. So, um, What's Ghost the other one they have coming out? Called Sing. Sing. Has Matthew McConaughey as the lead. Oh, I remember seeing the trailer for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, from what I can tell in the trailer, I don't know if it's in the actual film, but you can see a poster for Sing in the background of a shot in Secret Life of Pets. Oh, how convenient. Yeah. There you go. Cool. All I right. Just <laughs> deleted entirely. The Mouse app? It was. Um, Disney Go app? Yep. Jesus. Um, nope. Go sit down. Um, other news uh, Ghostbusters is both good and bad, according to who you ask. Or, I guess, okay or terrible in terms of who you ask. So, I guess you guys will find out next week. So, so it's, it's, it's so good that it's dividing America. I don't think that's what people or are saying. It's so bad it's dividing America. I think, I don't know, I mean, I'm a It's dividing that. America either way. I guess. See, where Pokemon Go is bringing us together, Ghostbusters is going to tear us apart. So right. for movie news, huh? Slow week. Yeah. This week we went and saw Swiss Army Man. Brad, should people see Swiss Army Man? Um, sure, but after I go around town. 
Fuck that. Oh my god. <laughs> Ryan's least favorite part of the show. Uh, only because you don't tell me what I should do around town. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. You can go Dude. to Film on the Rocks uh, tomorrow and see The Sandlot. Uh, is it sold out? I don't know. Probably. Did we save enough time for your cool jingle? Sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm editing it. I'll do whatever I want. I'll cut out all, all, most of the show if I have to. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I have carte blanche. Animals. I have, right, so I have Kate Blanchett. <laughs> um, so yeah, July 11th, Sandlot, uh, Film on the Rocks, probably 12 bucks. Cool, cool. Uh, oh, you also see a band, so it's Yeah, they got some band opening. Cool. Local thing. Uh, July, and then if you missed that, July 25th is the next one. They're showing Labyrinth. Um, Fun story about that with me. My parents wanted to show me Labyrinth, but they accidentally showed me Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh. When I was like twelve, nice, um, <laughs> the way better labyrinth. It didn't go well. <laughs> the so, way better one. How confused were you? But you've seen like, both now, right? I've seen both now, both. It was. I was like, why do kids like this? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of sex in this kids movie. Which one's David Bowie? Yeah. <laughs> Is it the why one s- with the eyes coming out of his fingers? <laughs> labyrinth was about the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, then, uh, Midnight's at the Mayan for this week of July 15th through the 16th is The Omen. Cool. Interesting Ooh. summer choice. Yeah. Um, the 88th Drive-In, which the cross street is Rosemary. I finally figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> 88th and Rosemary. Type that into Google search. You get, or just go to 88driveincom Uh, unfortunately, the holdover is the same program as last week, Ninja Turtles, Tarzan, and Central Intelligence. So hopefully, uh, next week they'll change it up. I'm sure they will. I saw a lot. I've seen a lot of complaints online about on their Facebook page this summer about like you know how come you're not doing Finding Dory? How come you're not doing Civil War? I'm sh- I'm thinking they- that Disney like charges a lot more. Yeah. Do they not do Civil War at all? No, oh. they opened uh, like June or like late May. Yeah, and Civil War was early April. Oh, okay. So well, I'm sure they're gonna update. Like it seems like they do it every other week. Yeah, so I'm sure they'll be like Ghostbusters will be part of it now. Um, and, and business is good. Like when we were yeah, there, when we were there. It was packed. Yeah, so. and even during. Uh, like you guys left after Space Jam, but yeah. like through Tarzan and even uh, Ninja Turtles, like there's, there's a, a lot good, of people. Yeah, so yeah. like they're not going to try and bu- just really wanted to slam and welcome to the jam. Yeah, so but you know they can't like you have to license the movie to play it. Yeah. and obviously the longer they can go without licensing new movies, the more profitable it is. Yeah, so, so. Yeah. people should stop complaining and just like yeah deal with it. Um, the fact that there is a drive-in left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where you can the weather was so good, it was great. Um. And then at the Bug Theater, the Evil Dead musical. This is the last weekend, so um, it'll probably be back next year, but yeah. last chance to see it this year. And that'll be replaced uh, the following few weekends with the Amazing Acrocats. So if you want to see yeah. a cat circus, check out the Amazing Acrocats, Laura. Uh, it's probably cruel to the cats, <laughs> so Laura won't go. No, it's cute. She, she thinks a circus is cruel. I mean, Ringo Brothers only had some, like, a thousand animal cruelty <laughs> charges against it last year. Come on. They're not in a, in a hot tent. They're, they're free to walk around the, st- the stage in the audience. They're, they're not slaves. They're, they're willing participants. I've seen it. Just like a Pokemon? <laughs> Did you guys ever see, like, when they were on Colbert? No. Because they were on, like, the day after, like, a major shooting. <laughs> and so, like, Colbert said, now, I don't know if at this time it's appropriate for ha- to have acrobatic cats <laughs> But at the same time, when is it appropriate to have acrobatic cats? So. <laughs> Let's begin the healing now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for more info on each of those shows, go to bugtheater.info. 
So what movie did we see this week? Uh, we saw Swiss Army Man, but oh, you right. lost your turn. Henry, should people go see Swiss <laughs> Army Man? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. Zach? Um, yeah, but I just don't know if everybody's going to like it. <laughs> Sorry. Brad, should people go see Swiss Army Man? I don't know. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fucking wishy-washy people in here. No, I, I don't you know, know, Here's the thing with this movie is I enjoyed it. But I don't know how many people will enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I, I totally was like, this is the kind of movie that Ryan complains that indie movies are too quirky um, like. That you liked it. That's yeah. I mean, uh, because uh, there's there's some redeeming qualities in it where it's not totally. It's definitely charming. Yeah. But yeah. I was pretty bored through a lot of the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah. Here's a trailer for it. You know. I had always hoped that right before I died, my life would flash before my eyes and I would see wonderful things. But as I was hanging up there, I didn't really see much of anything. But I did see you. This is crazy. I thought you were dead. Am I dead? I don't think so. You're talking. Hi. You're special. You're special. You're like the multi-purpose tool guy. And that's why I need you to help me get home. You want to go home so you can have love. But you ran away because nobody loves you. Shut up. You can't just say everything that comes into your head. That's bad talking. Oh. What's happening? Manny, I think your Wang is guiding us home. It's magic. People don't like other people's farts. Is that why you don't fart in front of me? I just like to do it alone. Or hold it in. That's what you're supposed to do. That's so sad. And it was beautiful. Don't don't be afraid. So Swiss Army Man stars Paul Dano as a man who's going to kill himself. And just before he kills himself, when he's he's marooned on this island, a corpse washes ashore and it farts. And it farts so powerfully that he's able to ride it like a jet ski off the island. (laughs) Quote from the movie. (laughs) exactly happens in this film yeah if you think ryan you're full of shit nope literally farts so powerfully it's the opening scene it is the opening scene uh it's funny because when i saw the trailer for it and they showed that i said man they're showing you like the ending of this movie where he's riding out on a nope opening scene yeah where's this gonna go anyways so it's uh, through with the course of the film uh paul dan uh henry is uh hank hank uh, eventually 
teaches Manny, the corpse, all these things. The corpse is starting to gain life and... Uh, Sentience. Yeah. And able to have water come through his mouth and... I don't know. It's weird as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Still fart until he sticks a cork up his ass. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, they it, said that, but was there a scene that I missed? Where no, no, yeah, it was yeah. just implied. Yeah. Um, it's a really bizarre movie, but there, there's so many redeeming qualities. Uh, you know, the, the one that stuck with me the most is when Manny's starting first get motor skills and talk, and he does, <laughs> and he says, I don't know that. If you don't know Jurassic Park, you don't know shit. <laughs> I think it's a great line uh, when he's carrying Manny at the beginning. And he says, man, I'm going to carry you up here. I'm going to get all buff. <laughs> um, it's just like little um, throwaway stuff like that is yeah. what I love in film. Uh, yeah, it's all gone, buddy. You drank it all. Um, but, yeah, there is some of the quirky independent stuff that is totally unnecessary. But at the same time, I think that it's all gone. It's take it. Um, but at the same time, it's uh, – it's still really interesting. I mean, it's because it isn't really a study of a guy who's walking around with a farting corpse. It's a it's a story of a a guy who is maybe not in touch with the reality, and he doesn't. Um, he's living in his own world. Yeah. Um, because everything that's happening isn't really happening to him. I'm obviously, maybe not. I know it sounds like a brag, but like halfway through, I was thinking like this is probably just all a split personality issue. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that too because I thought like. Because I, I don't know, there's something like also like my that's probably my biggest complaint about the film is I was kind of because at the end he does he goes away like they like when everyone finds him and they're like he's trying to prove that Manny's real he does fart away yeah and everyone so, sees him wait so I was confused, like so was all that real then no because I, I I also think because Mary Mary Elizabeth Winston had the like the last line is like what the fuck yeah um so I think it's still maybe a part of his psyche. Where he believes it, and maybe yeah. he's so like gone that he just imagines it. He just imagines it. I think yeah. some of it's just for the sake of like convenience. Like, yeah, yeah he's real here, and he's just a figment in his imagination here. It's yeah. just like whatever, whatever makes the movie is weird as fuck. Yeah, because yeah. th- there's also you know the moment at the end where he does go to Mary Elizabeth Winstead's house, and you know she's really concerned about him because he. It, to me, she has a look of that. Yeah, he dragged this body yeah. all the way through the forest to her house, and then she also finds out that he's like a total stalker. Yeah, too. And, like, but she didn't know that at the beginning. Yeah, because he also hid from when his dad came because he says his dad doesn't give two shits about him. And yeah, he doesn't uh, love him, and he wanted to see his dad's reaction to. Yeah, it's all gone. <laughs> Don't be dumb. <laughs> um. So it's uh refilling it. <laughs> Showing me. I mean, Swiss, I mean he's Swiss smart. Army Kellen. <laughs> but, I mean there's still the funny scene story, where he right? figures out that everything that Manny can do and he builds that yeah. you know that world with him cuz he karate chops and <laughs> he can shoot and kill things. The grappling hook was amazing. Yeah, and the grappling hook. It's just a really interesting film. I yeah. don't Every once in a while you have to see a movie that you just it, it kind of spits in the face of everything conventionally that you would expect. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to describe this to someone like, say, my father. Like, my dad asked me flat out, uh, what's this Swiss Army Man movie about? And I said, it's about a farting corpse. 
And he just looked at me blankly, and it was just like, okay, that's a no-parent movie. And I'm like, yeah, it's a no-parent movie. Because, like, what else am I going to say to it? Like, oh, yeah, it's a deeply well-thought-out thing on humanity. No, I can't really describe it that way, because then I'd be burying a big fucking lead. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I just don't know how many people are going to get it. And I don't know how they're going to take the whole quote-unquote stalking element of the picture. But... I liked the movie a lot. I just don't know if I'd recommend it to anybody. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I can put it on a top ten or even, like, I don't know if I'd want to watch it again anytime soon, but I loved the hell out of this movie. And yeah. so I'm very conflicted as to how I should proceed from here. Because a film like this shouldn't probably exist in the same way that something like Tusk shouldn't exist. Um, or something like... Uh, um, fucking Human Centipede shouldn't exist. Like, do we really need a movie about a corpse that comes to life and is a multi-purpose tool? Um, Maybe not. But at the same time, didn't we... Isn't it interesting to know that we live in a world where we can have that? <laughs> like, I, I, that's where I was just very happy with yeah, the fact I, that this movie exists. I agree. I think sometimes you... I might not always like films like this, but I do appreciate mm -hmm. someone thinking outside a box. Yeah. You know, because... That's exactly... I, I said it in a longer way. But, but... I mean, because you, you're trying to pitch this movie and even get funding for it, saying, hey, it's a movie about a dude who farts. That's why it says in the credits, this was part of the Sundance Institute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Director's Project. The Director's yeah, Fellowship. And they should. And I think when you get someone like Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano and Mary Elizabeth Winstead involved, it adds credibility to your yeah. film. And I read an interview with Radcliffe, and he said when he read it, he wasn't sure either. But he basically said what you said. He was so captivated that this film had a script. And even though it's something someone might not expect him to do, that's another reason why he wanted to do it. Yeah. And yeah. he kind of uh, rewrote some of Manny's things because uh, he said originally he was kind of a jerk in it. And he wanted uh -huh. to make Manny more of uh like an understanding friend and uh maybe a little more innocent yeah. than he was it seems like he says like stuff that like obviously like i mean they address like you can't say that or whatever mm -hmm. but he seems more naive than anything else can like, i think about your mom when i play with my balls <laughs> and i can't tell if i should tell people this is a emotional like dramedy or if this is a straightforward flat-out comedy uh, i'd say it's more i i think it's a dramedy i think so too I think but because the underlining there are so many laughs in this they movie. are there's so many. But the underlying issue is obviously someone who has a mental health issue, yeah. someone who can't has troubles being accepted in. Or is this world so ridiculous that it actually all is happening? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's. I mean, I, that's the question. I think it's it's an ending like Birdman. I mean, yeah, you know, in can Birdman, he fly? Can he fly? Can he? Or do you just? kill himself jumping out of the window maybe yeah. that's where we're at in cinema right now where we're gonna allow to kind of go back to fantastic worlds set in a high stakes drama yeah i mean it, it's an interesting film i think they did a good job making it yeah i had one best director at sundance and it should have so, i mean yeah. it's just so unique and so different i think it's <laughs> mario good job buddy uh it's something you have I, I i'm glad it exists and i, I yeah. definitely want to see it again uh my cousin lisa went and saw it back-to-back -back days. Because wow. we were talking, I was talking with her earlier in the week how I wanted to see it, and by the time she, I got her enough time off to go see it with her, she said, oh, I saw it yesterday, but I really need to see it again. Uh -huh. And she explained it to me that she thought it was good and thought it was funny, but she needed to watch it again 
to fully appreciate it or not like it. And she yeah. ended up really loving it. So um, I, I'm probably in the same boat. I think it's something I definitely need to watch again. Uh, and, and I will say that uh, Daniel Radcliffe is great in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's a career-defining performance there outside of Harry Potter. Yeah, because it, it, it could have just been Weekend at Bernie's or something. But yeah. They showed a trailer for Weekend at Bernie's in front of the Alamo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It made me really want to watch Weekend of Burning. I know, right? <laughs> and it's funny. I uh, last year when my cousin was in town, me and her went and saw Love and Mercy, and now we saw Swiss Army Man. So I guess we're Paul Dano fans, and yeah. we don't know it because we always pick his fair, movies. Paul Dano's in like seven films a year, so yeah. like, right, he's good. He's, he's, he's a he, good actor. He's a really good actor, yeah. and I think he's unique enough that he'll always have these kind of quirky roles. Yeah, uh, and he's great enough where he can always also do obviously Brian Wilson. So yeah, and then like. Uh, he was one of the main characters in that youth, which yep. was the number one film last year, where he plays like someone who's trying to be Hitler. So. Exactly, he's he's very good. Yeah, so great actor. Yeah, great he plays actor. an actor who's preparing to play Hitler. Oh, so oh gosh, I was like, <laughs> so yeah. Anything else you want to add, Brad? I'm good. Yeah. Uh, next week on Real Nerds Podcast, we'll be seeing the all-female version of Ghostbusters. It'll probably just be a bitch fest. They'll probably just be talking about shoes and yeah, uh, fucking unicorns and boys. God. Yeah, yeah, fuck them. Fuck eh, I probably only do Kristen Wiig. The rest of them I can not. <laughs> um, can we not be the internet and just wait and see? I know, right? Uh, <laughs> what, what a bunch of ghost bros. I still think it looks ghost bros. <laughs> I still think it looks pretty. Uh, no, I mean, like special effects wise and color wise. Yeah. Um, We'll see. Early I'm, reviews are in. People are coming around. They said it's yeah. funnier than the original Ghostbusters. You can make the I'm Asylum version like with that, Ghost but... Trappers. Huh? You can make the Ghost Trappers read. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just saying it. <laughs> ghost ghost Trappers, but a female cast. So <laughs> female, ghost, female Ghost Trappers. Yeah. <laughs> and there's time like someone in the back can get really mad about they go it. Searching. <laughs> yeah. They go searching through boys' underwear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to keep these boxers. Yeah, so you're going gonna to go see Ghostbusters next week. So we'll see Ghostbusters. i got to find try to find time to see with my wife. She told me she'd cut my balls off if I saw it without her. Oh. Harsh. Um, also has the lovely Chris Hemsworth in it as well. So yeah. Maybe may really good. Who knows? I, I, I did laugh at There's like this little thing online that he I think he put out on Facebook where like his interview is him just like shirtless. Yeah. Like trying to get the job with the Ghostbusters. I think it's pretty funny. Um, the trailers I've, I have laughed at. I know a lot of people said they've not laughed at any of the trailers, but I laughed at the trailers. So. Yeah, some of them look all right. I mean, mm. I think it's just sloppy editing. Yeah. I mean, I don't... And you have to remember that all of Kevin Feige's films have, have horrible, horrible trailers. trailers. You know, I, see, so. I say the same thing about Pixar <laughs> movies. I don't think Pixar movies have great trailers. Yeah. And I think because Pixar doesn't want to ruin the film, but... Yeah. I think people just don't know how to market Kevin Paul Feige's films. So. Yeah. They are talking about that on Paul, like, uh, in the audio commentary. They're like, the reality is, yeah, you have to... Sell a, to sell a movie, you kind of have to spoil a lot of it, but it would be great if you could just go into every movie blind yeah. and just be surprised. So, because there was like some campfire shot yeah. that revealed the surprise in their movie, and they were like all yeah. bummed out. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Cool. Until next week, thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. <laughs>